All right. Hi, welcome to My Ag Life. Today, we're talking with Elias Gutierro, Associate Professional Researcher in the Department of Environmental Sciences at UC Riverside about characterizing the various properties of soil using electrical conductivity for better precision irrigation management. Welcome to the show, Elia. Thank you for having me. Yeah, great to have you here today. So, Elliot, let's start off with the need to understand soil properties for precision irrigation in micro-irrigated orchards. It's maybe not something that folks think about all the time when they think about precision ag management, but it's nevertheless important. Uh, you know, what are these soil properties? If you could kind of name them out, why do they matter in this context? Well, um, um, that's a great question. I, I think that uh, um, everybody kind of has like a, a general idea that uh, soil properties and in particular physical soil properties are playing a big role in the outputs of our cropping systems. And, you know, there's a rule of thumb that if you have sandy soil, you want to irrigate uh, frequently in low amounts. And if you have like a, a soil with finer texture, you can get a, a away with doing longer irrigation events and, and, not, and not as often. Um, so in general, the growers have had uh, some uh, available resources in public soil maps, such as the ones from Sergo uh, uh, that is uh, provided by the USDA and RCS. Uh, that historically has been providing the best as they can uh, information as best as they can um, for soil texture and other properties across the, the the landscape and across the entire U.S. and, and the U.S. is a, is a far ahead compared to other countries in terms of the quality of the soil databases that are there. And these type of soil databases kind of allow you to get like a general idea of what your ranch or your farm are looking like in terms of uh, soil textures and other uh, properties such as like water holding capacity, drainage properties and so on, and the agricultural suitability in general. But if you want to get more accurate with the irrigation, uh, when you're looking at uh, the variability within a single field, these maps don't often match what's actually there. So if you look at the average soil texture for a field, you can look at Sergo, it will be fairly accurate. But we've noticed uh, time and time again that when you're starting to map high resolution uh, changes of uh, soil properties, uh, these Sergo maps don't quite match. So uh, since the advent of the GPS really and the use of sensor in agriculture, th th there's been this capability of taking sensors and mounting them on a tractor or on a field vehicle and create georeferenced uh, uh, maps using these sensors. And often enough, <clears throat> these sensors correlate to a physical soil property that is of interest. So let's say sand content, clay content, or even salinity or other uh, other vari variables in the soil that are uh, um, uh, pertinent for, for agricultural management. So you can use this data to create uh, high resolution, accurate maps for, for, uh, for your sites. Unfortunately though, and that comes with the, with, with, with the orchard problem, uh, the orchards have such a heterogeneous structure, especially now that we're using a lot of micro-irrigation. We are applying water in only a, a, a certain portion of the, of the field, whereas we have like other uh, alleyways, uh, for example, where that are, that are very dry. And that kind of like a, puts like a, a stick on the wheel uh, for 
for the use of these sensors that are kind of like you know they were uh, devised and and uh, and tested over more homogeneous uh, soil conditions. Uh, so the, the work that we've done, and we we're going to talk about it, uh, it, kind of like takes a look at how we can adapt some field protocols to map this, uh, these soil properties. And again, uh, these soil properties are something that we want to take a, take a, keep an eye on. Um, we want to know soil texture so that we can perhaps tailor better irrigation specifically for, for the field. And maybe we can even get uh, like test if there's enough soil spatial variability, we want to make sure that we are uh, diversifying irrigation within a single field so that we can <clears throat> provide the water that is needed by the, the tree crops that we are growing, maybe not over leach nutrients when we don't when we not when we are applying nutrients. And at the same time maybe keep an eye on those uh, uh, um, uh, properties that we don't like to see in our fields such as uh, accumulation of soil salinity. So monitoring is the key of uh, having a precise management. Yeah, and I'd like to hear more about the the recent research you led on on this, uh, Elia. You know, using those soil maps in in combination with soil apparent EC or electrical conductivity sensors to characterize those properties in the soil um, in micro irrigated orchards. How did that method? fair in those micro irrigated orchards Elia and you know where uniformity is is generally harder to detect like you said yeah so um but let's start saying something that you know since the 80s like people have used uh, electrical conductivity mapping as a good uh, uh, predictor for soil salinity uh, here in California, where we have a, a lot of uh, salt-affected soils, but in generally, in general, uh, across the U.S., has been always used for uh, uh, texture mapping. And as a matter of fact, uh, often it happens that salinity and texture go hand in hand, even in California. What we've noticed, though, with the you know expansion of uh, um, micro-irrigated uh, uh, practices, is that when we went to do uh, the classical soil surveys on these uh, orchards often you would see like uh, correlations that are not expected. You would not be able to map texture with, with these sensors. And that's because um, the, the conductivity uh, of electricity relies a lot on the water content of the, of the soil. So ideally you want the soil to have a, a good level of water content to have reliable soil, uh, soil maps from these sensors. So if you think about the micro-irrigated systems, you have soils that are very wet close to the emitters and then uh this changes like with time from one irrigation to to, to the next as well but gradually you lose th this moisture as you go far away from the drip, the drip lines and this goes uh, perpendicularly to the tree line so towards the alleyways but also if, if the spacing of the of the emitters is uh, far far away enough you would have it uh, between between trees as well so the key uh, was here to uh, realize this spatial variability and then devise new sampling protocols that uh, kind of try to capture this variability. And the main takeaway that we saw there is that basically if you are sampling close to the uh, tree or close to the emitter, 
you will likely not capture the real uh, water content or salinity levels or, uh, or like what the sensor is reading. The better way to do it is to basically make a composite sample that goes from the drip line uh, uh, towards the end of like the wetted bulge in the soil. And that composite value now is much more representative of what the root zone of, uh, of the tree is. So what the tree is, uh, is experiencing in, in, uh, at, the, at the root zone level and what the, the the whole measurement of the sensor is. And this is another precaution that I would like, you know, a point towards if we are trying to see what the roots are seeing, let's not place these sensors in the middle of the alleyway where the soil is more compacted, where the tractors are going, but let's rather place them uh, closer to the, to the trees uh, where the roots are. And we're gonna get more into the specifics of, of the benefits of, of this research, Elia, after a word from our sponsors here. Early registration for the 2024 Crop Consultant Conference hosted by Progressive Crop Consultant Magazine and Western Region Certified Crop Advisors is now open. The popular event for certified crop advisors, pest control advisors, grower applicators, and industry professionals is the mainstay for all continuing education needs this year and will take place on September 25th and 26th at the Visalia Convention Center. Visit myaglife.com events for the early discounted rate of $275 per person, which includes the live conference, a trade show with 70 plus exhibits, first class dining, entertainment, and a mixer. We'll see you there. Hi, we're back talking with Elias Gutierrez, Associate Professional Researcher in the Department of Environmental Sciences at UC Riverside about characterizing the various properties of soil using electrical conductivity for better precision irrigation management. So Elia, why is this you know method especially useful in micro-irrigated orchards where salinity is a known issue? I, I understand that there isn't really a more reliable method in this specific scenario is that true well it it's definitely one of the uh uh more mainstream methods uh to to map soil salinity uh there are other uh like you know established methods that use perhaps uh, the resist resistivity so that you can do transects uh, uh, and monitor how salinity changes over time. But those are not as scalable and as uh, widely used as uh, apparent electrical conductivity uh, mobile measurements. Um, so growers are, and, and soil scientists are more and more familiar with the, with the uh, geospatial apparent electrical conductivity methods. But some, like oftentimes we've taken the, um, the correlations between electrical conductivity and salinity kind of for granted, uh, just like, you know, going out and taking these sensor measurements without uh, uh, doing the extra step. There is another step, uh, unfortunately, to take some soil samples locally to make sure that we are measuring patterns that are actual uh, reflecting so soil properties. So especially when we're trying to monitor salinity and we are going into... Um, the need of uh, doing water conservation, so like perhaps doing deficit irrigation or perhaps uh, being uh, more parsimonious with irrigation events uh, uh, during uh, drought years. Um, we know that if we are introducing salts uh, in the environment and we are not leaching them, we need to keep an eye on uh, their accumulation. 
and the methods that we devised uh, uh, and like the new sampling protocols that we that we uh, uh, you know explain in the in this piece that we that we've done for for the for the, the progressive consultant magazine it kind of highlight some key uh, things that we need to look at when when we're trying to do these uh, salinity assessments certainly and you know as for you know actual use in the field outside of research elia you know let's start off with how the, the certified crop advisor or the certified agronomist could could go about using something like this these techniques what can you know folks like those do with this information right now to to help the grower well uh there's you know there's a uh, um uh, there's a few things to 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 take away from this that that, that can translate to to day-to-day -day practices for uh soil scientists and uh, consultants and even the growers that you know are purchasing services some, uh, most of times or taking samples and sending them to to laboratories to uh to make sure that they they're they're keeping things on check uh, so first of all if you're large enough or if you have enough business, uh, these sensors are, uh, you know, like a good investment for, and they are used by many consultants out there because uh, they are easy to use, uh, easy to mobilize. You can get soil maps that, that, uh, that uh, you know, are useful in a fairly uh, short time. So if you're a, a consultant, I would like, suggest looking to this type of sensors because the if you're used, if you use properly, they provide a lot of information and very useful information. If you're not using these sensors, the like what they do really is to allow you to don't take as many soil samples as you would otherwise do with traditional soil survey. But the like the good takeaway from this research and this this uh, this uh, uh, you know uh, article that we that we wrote is that if you're working with micro irrigated systems, don't sample a single core where like close to the emitter because that's going to be most likely the most leached out uh, uh, area in the root zone that you're that you're seeing. A lot of roots are going to be there, but like a lot of roots are also going to be where the salt is accumulating, which is a, a little bit far away uh, in in this wetted uh, uh, in this wetted zone at the at the margins of this wetted zone. As a matter of fact, so if you want to have a good picture of what the salinity levels are for your tree. Uh, it's suggested that you take a few samples and maybe you you put them all together as a composite sample, one close to the to the diameter and maybe a couple more uh, to cover the entire uh, uh, area where the, the the soil is wet. Yeah, so it doesn't have to be too far out from it, you know, since we're talking in the context of micro irrigated, but yeah. um, it, it, there has to be some variability in in the sampling to get an accurate picture yeah and again that that's uh as a rule of thumb right like you have like the if you have a sandy soil the the and if you're using micro or drip and non micro sprinklers but the um the wetted area would be like much uh narrower or smaller than it would be if you had a finer soil so if you are going uh um, like you know like a, a three four feet out you're already like covering for sure like the entirety of like of the root zone that that is uh, experiencing moisture from the irrigation and then obviously if you're using micro sprinklers um then the wetted area is a little bit larger but definitely do not sample in the alleyways and do not sample only where the the, the center of the wetting areas are because those are areas that I, that you know uh, data shows 
you don't see a lot of salinity there. You'd think that, that you're okay, but then you have salinity accumulating uh, a little bit farther away from uh, in this weather area and, the, and there's roots there so that you need to make sure that you're leaching that salinity as well. Definitely. And, and just to clarify, when you're talking about sampling these soil, soil cars, you're talking uh, cores, you're talking about going out there with a soil auger and sticking it in the ground. Yeah. I mean, obviously the more, more uh, samples that you're taking, the better. But, uh, you know, when you're taking a look at your uh, nutrient levels in the soil, if you're concerned about salinity, uh, these new newer adjusted protocols for micro-degraded orchards, uh, you know, tell you, hey, uh, want to make sure that you are sampling across the root zone because the variability is so high here that you, if you're taking samples to send them to a lab, make that work count. So sample, uh, sample everywhere that, that you that you need to sample, uh, not only where the like a, a, along the trees, but maybe a little bit farther away from them as well, so that you are uh, sure that you're capturing the full variability that is uh, uh, experienced by the tree. Definitely, good note there, and. You know, last thing here, Elia, how, how could the adoption of, you know, some of these advanced soil characterization techniques you laid out that, that you researched kind of really help growers at the end of the day, uh, it enhanced the effectiveness of their micro irrigation, um, leading to you, you know, as you and your colleagues say, more sustainable and, and productive agricultural outcomes. How is it really going to help them at the end of the day? Well, so the uh, the concept behind that statement is that like the concept that uh, that, that uh, uh, drives the, the the theme of precision agriculture, which is you know apply uh, what is needed, where is needed, when is needed, and only in the amount that is needed. And obviously, this is uh, uh, you, you if anywhere you go, you will see some uh, variations of you know like the soil type. You would have like a slightly different soil in one end of your field to the other end of your field. But not always this variability justifies uh, a differentiated management. But the, the, the point being, though, is that when you have a lot of variability, say you have like a, a, some areas where you have like a, a sand patch uh, or uh, that is large enough to, to justify differentiated management, uh, often enough, those areas is where you lose a lot of the nitrogens uh, or like nutrients that you apply. That's where those nutrients are lost into the environment and they go and, and have like a negative footprint for the environment. So we, we've shown uh, not in micro-irrigated uh, uh, orchards, but like in other systems, in lettuce systems along, uh, like around Yuma, we are working with the University of Arizona. We are showing that if you diversify the nutrient management according to this to these higher resolution soil maps, you can save up to 30% of the nitrogen applied. And so that's all nitrogen that you save and doesn't go in the in the in the water systems and and have like negative effect on the environment. The other portion is that. If you have enough spatial variability in the in, in your in your fields, you can really maybe uh, devise a system where you have if, if you're working with micro micro sprinklers, you have different micro sprinkler heads with different rates across uh, the different soil types so that you can diversify the irrigation there and make sure that you're delivering what the soil water holding capacity is to meet the ET demands of your crop uh, in a different way so that you don't over irrigate in the sandier areas. Certainly. And I just want to clarify one thing, Elia. I, I know you uh, mentioned, you know, research and lettuce, uh, but we were talking in the context of uh, micro irrigated orchards. Is this method 
reserved like the specific method you use is this reserved for orchards that have space under the canopy or can you use this in other crops no so this soil mapping uh, methodologies are like wide, widely usable in 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 any crop uh, really uh, when you when you where you can go and characterize uh, soil maps typically and historically it's been much easier to characterize soils with this type of sensors in uh, agronomic crops where you can just go in before a seeding time or uh, a, a, a crops that are irrigated with flood or, or sprinkler irrigation. The real challenge to make these sensors make sense, and excuse me, the, 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 the play on wall here, it was with these uh, micro-irrigated uh, uh, systems where you have in matters of like, you know, feet, you go from very wet soil to very dry soils. And the sensors that are typically used, you know, are very biased by the, uh, like the water content in the soil. And, you know, like you, it will give you like erroneous readings if you were trying to interpret soil texture from, from this type of measurement. So once again, this, uh, if you wanted to have a clear picture of what the soil spatial variability is in micro-irrigated orchards, the way to go is to follow these newer uh, protocols that we, that, that we devised. Definitely. Thanks for clarifying that, Elia. And thanks for coming on the show today and talking about, you know, characterizing the various properties of soil using this EC method for better precise irrigation management. Uh, what an interesting kind of technique. Hopefully, you know, the the research transfers, you know, to the consultant, to the grower, um, and they're able to, you know, like like you say, you use it for more sustainable and productive agricultural outcomes. We appreciate you being here today. Surely. Thank you so much for having me. Fantastic. This is Taylor Charleston for My Ag Life.